What is up, fanboys and fangirls? I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, joined by... Caroline! Me! <laughs> we are presenting to you another edition of the Review Point Podcast, of course, coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. This time we are breaking down the hits and the misses and all the other things we feel like talking about for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, latest MCU film, something that uh, we both quite enjoyed. There you go, that's the end of the thing. <laughs> we are going to get deep into being nerdy about the MCU and, you know, comic books in general, being nerdy about horror. Yes! Because <laughs> this is kind of a, a mishmash of the two. And as we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like and everything like that, we want you to give us your thoughts about the whole movie and everything else that goes along with that. So by all means, drop a comment below. Or if you're listening elsewhere, not on YouTube, and you want to leave a comment in some other fashion or something, send a tweet or put something on Facebook or put it up on the page on fanboysanonymous.com or I don't know, whatever it is that you want to do. But if you are on YouTube, you know what to do with a YouTube channel that you like. Hit the like button. That's the whole point of the whole thing. Make sure you're subscribed to it. Ring that little notification bell. We got a little super thanks thing. If you want to toss a little spare change our way, it's a great way to do that. There's also the join button that gets you access to the bonus features and you get the pick a poison tier. If you want to be on that positive side of things of, you know, specifically requesting something and making sure that we do that. That's a great way of doing it. It's the same thing as the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash fanboys anonymous, it's the exact same thing as what you see here on YouTube. So a couple different ways to do that, including the Tee Public and Redbubble shops. If you want to pick up some merchandise, that money goes straight towards keeping the lights on here and making sure that I can do more of this stuff. And if you want to uh, make sure that you've got a direct means of sponsoring that in the future, those are the best options you can do. But if you just continue to listen to this, that's also great too. And we are going to do the same normal break then that we normally do where we're going to talk spoiler free for a little bit. And then eventually we are going to give you a warning and start getting into the spoilers territory. So if you have not seen the movie yet, and most likely you probably haven't, if you're listening to this on the day of, because this is coming out, that would probably be posted by the time that people are going at the movies or maybe even just coming back from it. But uh, if that is the case and you don't want to be spoiled, that's when we'll give you the whole spoiler breakdown. But if you want to listen to that anyway, go ahead and do it. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, except for hit that like button and all that stuff. I'm telling you what to do <laughs> with all that stuff. But uh, yeah, as I said, spoiler free for this little bit, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, I liked it quite a bit. My turn? Oh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to try not to give too many details yet, because it's not time yet for that, but very fun. I would say if you get a chance to go to the movie theater to watch this, it would definitely just add to the experience. We had a lot of fun, too, with people's reactions. <laughs> um, best movie is one of the best <laughs> ones when you set out. Yeah, it was just really, really fun. And we saw it, and uh, I don't, usually am not a big fan of the 3D ones. To me, it's just gimmicky, and I either don't pay attention to it, which defeats the purpose, or I pay attention to it, which takes me out of the movie. So more often than not, if I get the option to choose between 3D and not, I'm going to pick not. It's better for everybody's eyes. Uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, like um, you wear glasses and yeah. then you have to double up and put the glasses on top of that. It's usually cheaper. But then again, we have the A-list. So yeah, mm -hmm. that doesn't really factor in too much. But Bougie. <laughs> I, uh, I do think this is one of the rare movies where the fact that it's trippy and everything, it didn't take me out of it when it got into the 3D. Yeah, and I think that even in the beginning, I felt like it was almost designed 
to be 3G. There were some moments that I almost... It kind of reminded me of... Remember the Muppets uh, thing at MGM Studios? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that everything's just shot to be 3G and there's like, oh, like they're going to throw something at you. And it kind of felt like that. Um, which was really nice because like you said, I feel like sometimes... They just want to add the 3D element to a movie, then it's just like, yeah, but like, why? Avatar. Avatar. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, God. But yeah, I mean, I think that this worked. Um, I'm not a big fan of 3D movies because of the glass situation. It messes me up until I can get the perfect lineup of my glasses. But yeah, I feel like. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing this in 3G as well. I'm surprised that by now they haven't figured out a way to get, like, prescription 3D glasses. That's that's impossible. Because prescription, you just wear contacts and... and But, like, you know, to have some kind of, like, a little filter thing or something where you could bring your own to the movie theater or whatever. I don't think Because it's been a couple of years. Yeah, but it wouldn't work. Somebody can figure it out. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Leave a comment. Do you think somebody can figure it out or do you it think it wouldn't work? work. It, I'm sure they could figure it out, but then it would be really expensive and it would just be a mess because, like, prescriptions are so different. And everybody has, like, oh, this eye something, this other eye something else, and your minus, your pluses, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't mean it, for them to have it at the theater. If you bring your own. Do you really think people are going to go pay for prescription 3D glasses? I My ass wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Okay, so... But, I mean, hey, anyways, I, I don't spend money on a lot of things, so... Yeah, I, I, I spend money on things that I think it's useful, and that's not useful. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, uh, that somebody could have marketed it out there. There's people that, you know, do all sorts of things with their money. But, yeah, that's an element to it. We, of course, are in the spoiler things, we're going to talk specifics about some visual effects and everything. But generally speaking, I thought the visual effects were great outside of couple little wonky shots here and there mostly green screenish where i'm like okay well they're standing on like a rock platform and it very clearly was they're standing on a blue screen platform with a blue screen around them and okay you know obviously they are not traveling into different dimensions so everything that's like that it's not real there's the practical effect of <laughs> doing real? that yeah you know um there isn't really multiple of everybody that just happened to cast twins and stuff but <laughs> like uh the visual side of things of course uh that's a thumbs up for me yes. um two thumbs up for the most part i feel like almost every part of the movie is a thumbs up i have nitpicky stuff of course and we'll get into that very specific things but this fits in the kind of territory of the MCU of like, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've got a formula. Even if they deviate from the formula, they still follow the formula of making a quality movie. Yeah. So the, there's elements of this movie that are definitely different from what they've done in the past. I mean, there's some pretty gruesome deaths in this oh, that they so good. that they do. And yes. uh, they, of course, treat some characters a little bit differently than in other movies and everything. But when they do it all, they do it all with the same care that they've done for every movie, pretty much except for Eternals, <laughs> because that one was very clearly, okay, this should have been uh, a series. It didn't need to be a movie. And that would have given it all the space that it needed to be. This was like, okay, this is a movie. They're following the beats. They're going in the right direction. And they're, I don't walk out of this movie feeling like, 
it was too rushed or that it was not giving me enough time with any of the characters outside of like little cameos, but that's the whole point. They're cameos mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, everybody that has one line in the movie doesn't have six pages of the script, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I mean all the failures of what Eternals did. I feel like this movie was just more along the lines of, okay, we're just going to make another MCU movie. Yeah. And this one's just good. Yes. Not one of my favorites. I'm not shocked. I'm not going to figure out my ranking until I actually look at my list and everything. But we just ended Moon Knight, and I have to add Moon Knight in there, too. Yeah. Um, but I do like it a lot better than the first Doctor Strange movie, because that's one of my absolute lowest ones. I know, and I, I don't... I mean, I get it. I get why we've talked about this, just you and I. For anybody who doesn't know, and I don't remember if I did a review of... I'm pretty sure I did, but my basic quick thoughts were this is Iron Man again, but less interesting and less effective. So I was just like, all right, well, you know, okay, so it's trippy stuff. Okay. And I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I love the magic. I love the sorcery, witchcraft, the whole, like, I love all that. So the first Doctor Strange, I really, really enjoyed it. It was one of those movies that, especially aesthetically, stuck with me more than Iron Man, for instance. I feel like Iron Man, to me, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but to me it was just like, well, yeah, it's more of like an action thing. And Doctor Strange was more my league, I guess. And I think this one is even better. Mm-hmm. Um, I am biased because this one definitely felt more like, oh, hello, Sirens, New York mm-hmm. City, hello. Hello. La, 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 la. Okay. Um, Multiple filters yeah. that I have, and not a single one of them is going to be able to stop these ambulances. No, Apologies, that, everybody. There's it's something going thing. on. That's just the ambiance. Listen, this movie, part of it is in New York City, okay? So just deal with it. You're <laughs> yeah. just like, you're just in the moment. We're yeah. not too, too far from Bleecker. We so. are not. And, and um, Mercer Street shows up. Mercer Street is like, maybe like a 15-minute walk. Hmm. Maybe like I have no idea where that is. <laughs> so it's a really lovely street, and that's like one of the bones I had to pick with a movie. But anyways, I'll go. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I haven't <laughs> had my nap today. I'm tired, people. About the uh, aesthetic of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, everybody. I mean, not everybody knows, but many of you know by now that I am a big horror fan. Horror to me is just like the best genre. I watch horror movies to relax. I watch horror movies to cheer me up. Like, I love horror movies. To me, like, that's just, like, top of the line. And this one felt like it had so many, like, winks and nods to the horror genre that it made my soul happy. And this feels, I mean, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I am, there's a, there's a good, good horror movie here, here and there. It's not like it's something that I just outright hate. I mean, musicals even are a thing that i don't like almost any musical but every once in a while there's a musical that's good you know a good thing can be good no matter what it is even if it's something that i'm not too tapped into but it's so nice when it happens good yeah (laughs) but the uh the horror elements for this i like that better than the first time around because it was something a little bit different and i'm also i know some people go in this direction and i vehemently hate it I am not at all the type of person that says this is good because it's different. I'm the type of person who says this was different and it was good because blank. Because to me, 
change is not inherently good or oh my bad. God. It's just a change. And then you have to have a qualifying factor after that. You can change something for the better or the worse. That's the whole point. This was a change for the better by far because the first Doctor Strange, the couple parts of it that I tended to like the best were the more like uh, out there doing something a little bit different parts that they did well. And the parts that I disliked a lot of Doctor Strange outside of how I felt the plot was a little bit just sort of, okay, it's Iron Man again, were the parts that I felt they didn't fully commit. Like Cassilius in the first movie, the villain, I was like, this guy's lame as fuck. It just happens to be Mads Mikkelsen and he's great, but he's playing a part that's just as bad as Malekith in Thor 2, where it's just bad guy. Mm. There's no depth to him. There's no... I can't sink my teeth into the character and I can't actually talk about why he's concerned with the dark dimension. All I know is he bad guy, no good for Dr. Strange <laughs> kind of thing. Whereas in this one, there's a lot more nuance to it. There's actually a plot that makes a lot of sense. Although one of my nitpicks that we'll get to is about who the villain is and who I feel it should have been. Mm. Um, but then again, I don't want to spoil that because that's a whole, you know, introducing an extra character kind of thing. Um, but I think that they committed more to it. And part of me thinks that the reason why is because of the director change. Yes. And I've not seen anything else that Scott Derrickson's done. I don't know what he is known for, really. Um, and not that Doctor Strange is a bad movie or anything like that. Like, uh, you know, on the list of the MCU, it's going to be bad compared to something like Winter Soldier for me, because I just think that's awesome. But, like, uh, it's still fundamentally a good movie. It's way, 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 way better than the type of shit that we used to get with, like, how Morbius felt like one of those early 2000s movies. Like, Doctor Strange, the first one, not at all like that. It's way better than that. And you know what I think? Like, I'm looking up, uh, because this, I'm really bad with names. I keep telling Tony that I'm very good at remembering dogs, cats, frogs, lizards, <laughs> and all sorts of animals. Their names, their likes and dislikes, their ages, everything. Cannot, for the sake of me, remember people's names, people's faces. Um, but then can you blame me, huh? So I think looking at the stuff that he has done, uh, oh, he's a producer so, for the Black Phone. So I've seen The Exorcism um, of Emily Rose, and I was, amazing. Not, I was not impressed. You were so strange. I okay. saw The Day the Earth Stood Still, and I remember getting into an argument with one of my best friends afterward because his review was way better than mine, and the direct quote that he had said that I still hold him to to this day is he had said, that was good. It took up about like two hours of my time. And I was like, how is that the good part about it? Is it, it wasted two hours of your life? Like what? And so I did not like the day the earth stood still sinister. I, did I see that one? You, you've seen it. It's really good. Horror movie. Even Hawk, right? Yes. I get that confused with, I don't remember which one. Cause he's in like two different ones, right? Or something. He's in the purge one. Are you confusing it with, um, Maybe I'm confusing that with the conjuring or something. Not the conjuring. Um oh my god, I'm I'm so dead. It's like a one word thing or something. Yeah, whatever it is. I, I don't remember for sure what I'm mixing that up with, but I'm pretty sure that I had seen Sinister. And I don't remember thinking that that was like bad or anything. Sinister is amazing! I own this movie, I love it. Insidious. Is that the one that you're confusing with? 
So who was in Insidious? What was that one? Because I saw both, I think. I think you did. So Insidious, Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne. Oh, so then I'm confusing that then with The Conjuring because it's Patrick Wilson. <laughs> and then I'm confusing Sinister with Insidious. A lot of people confuse Sinister with Insidious for some reason. And I think it's the S's and the I. <laughs> and, it, you know, a part of it might actually even be Spider-Man to blame. Because in the uh, animated series, the Sinister Six, they weren't allowed to call them the Sinister Six. Because that was the weird series where they weren't allowed. To, he wasn't allowed to throw a punch. He couldn't say kill. He mm-hmm. couldn't say blood. All that stuff. So they called him the Insidious Six. Uh, so maybe I'm thinking Sinister and Insidious yeah. same thing. And then, but it is a thing though. Like a lot of people, even within like the horror fans, they confuse Sinister with Insidious. And I, I'm like, yeah, like I do that too. I think it's the S's in the air. Anyways, which is weird that it's like a confusing thing between those two, considering Sam Raimi directs this, mm-hmm. and he directs the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and in Spider-Man uh Spider-Man 2 it is they're trying to figure out what they will call Dr. Uh, Octopus and Ted Raimi his brother the one that guy, uh, I don't remember if you've seen you've seen the yeah, Sam Raimi yeah, yeah, yeah. do you remember the guy who's working with J. Jonah Jameson who's like his kind of like throwing names at whipping me, boy like, I didn't just say I don't remember <laughs> people's names but okay at the um Daily Bugle huh like the whipping boy of the main mm. guy. Um, that's Sam Raimi's brother. Yeah. And the one they're going back and forth, what do we call this guy? Whatever. Uh, he goes, Dr. Strange. Then he goes, oh, it's good. Oh, but it's taken. So it's weird that a bunch of years later, after we get a Dr. Strange and Spider-Man crossover of Tobey Maguire, the guy directing the Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire directs a Dr. Strange movie, having referenced Dr. Strange in a Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And, it's like, all like you're just like you're. Oh my it's God, multi levels okay. of all this kind of stuff. It's fun. You're confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> Sinister uh, and insidious. That's well, what I'm okay, but at. like, the, okay, I, you didn't. I, blah, 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 let me make my point. So, looking at like the list of things that um, Scott Derrickson, Scott, Scott Derrickson produced and directed. Yes, he has like a big. He has his two feet in horror movies, and. I completely disagree with Tony. I think The Exorcism, Emily Rose, is amazing. I absolutely love that movie. I absolutely love Sinister. I actually own these two on DVD. I know, dating myself, but amazing movies. I My guess is that Doctor Strange 1, perhaps, wasn't as good. I think it's because... There was some resistance to let him make him more like a horror movie. Yeah, Whereas this one, they were like, you know what? This is some scary shit. And we're going to have you produce it. And we're going to have Sam Remy with his like... Evil dad and everything. Evil dad. Hello. Like, staple in any horror movies, like, coming of age person. Like, you have to watch Evil Dead. And it's a classic. So... I think that the studios are like, you know, okay, like, let's, you can make this more on the scary side. You two know what you were doing with horror movies, go for it. And I think that you can tell when somebody that really loves horror movies are making horror movies, is someone who is making horror movies, because a lot of people get into, like, the horror movie genre as, like, a stepping stone to do something else like they do like the teenage like screamers and mm. uh those like silly movies that normally come in the summer it's just like jump scares 
And then you have directors like, you know, uh, Sam Remy. We have, um, why am I blanking on everybody's names? Like, I am so tired. Um, the guy that did uh, Hunting of Hill House that I'm, like, obsessed with. I feel like I'm, like, anyways. Michael something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you, you, you can tell. And I think that that goes with any movies. Um, you can tell when somebody's passionate and knows what they're doing. Yeah, like, see, who directed this? Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan! Didn't oh. I say Michael? <laughs> I think I said Michael. I would have gotten that. Oh, I don't know. Well, I get, I get points. I'm a better fan than you are. <laughs> you, oh, don't make me cry. I had a long day. I had a really long day, and I did not get my nap. Um... Yeah, so that's that's my point. A long-winded way to say you can tell when somebody's passionate, when somebody's like knowledgeable, and they give them all, and they're given free reign to do what they want to do. So. I mean, Kevin Feige had said going into this movie when it was first announced they were going to play more into the horror stuff for sure. So definitely, I think that there was a little bit of let's test the waters mm-hmm. and let's see what we can kind of get away with with PG thirteen, and see if people are interested in that. You know if we deviate too much from the Marvel formula and it's Dr. Strange isn't perceived all that well. Well, then we know that we need to backtrack and we need to make it a little bit more superhero. We, but I mean, they've been experimenting here and there with a lot of these different movies and every TV shows too. The shows too. Yeah. Like every one of these has pretty much been, as long as you handle it with care, people are going to like it. Like Ant-Man is a full on comedy. Yeah. And Captain America Winter Soldier is a spy thriller. And you take, like, the superhero element out of that, and you make the exact same movie, and you just title it something else and just have some other actor not in a Captain America outfit. It's a, just a regular spy thriller. There's nothing different from there. And, uh, oh, God, what's the movie with Will Smith? Um, Here comes the Men in Black. <laughs> not Men in Black. <laughs> For some reason, I'm only thinking of Escape from New York, but I know that that's not the movie because that's... Uh, uh, whatever it is, where he's on the run from the government or something, I don't know. Um, Mike Flanagan, that's the movie. <laughs> but uh, the like the whole idea of making more of a comedy with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, or they're making like heist movies with this movie, or they're movie, doing this movie with that movie, and that kind of thing. I think that they just they realized, look, we're twenty something movies deep into this. We can play around a little bit more. What's the bad stuff we're gonna get? This isn't gonna be rated R. We're going to keep the PG-13. We're going to make sure that we just tone enough of it down to get PG-13. But also, let's make the point that PG-13 movies have changed yeah, I mean, a whole lot if you compare it to what it was back even when the first Iron Man came out to now. Like, PG-13 movies are not as tame as they used to be. Which is so weird that... You know, if you're following PG-13 over the years, like uh, we talked about this with the Reviewable Kill series about the James Bond movies, that every Bond movie up until Timothy Dalton's second one is PG hmm. because they didn't have PG-13 because that was, uh, yeah, you wanted it. <laughs> uh, when, they, uh, when they created PG-13, that was around the time of Temple of Doom and everything like that. So that's that section of the 80s. That's and interesting. Then, you know. Something like, uh, I know that like the first Ninja Turtles movie, like you've got plenty of uh, Raphael saying damn in that. And it's like you, you change one of those to a fuck and then suddenly it becomes PG-13 yeah. and then you change two fucks and it's rated R. And it's 
it's weird. So in this movie, you get some specific things that we'll talk about, but um, it's definitely more on the horror side. If yes. you are squeamish about that stuff, I still think you could handle it. It's oh, not like it's Come on. it's not like it's something where you're gonna have like tons of you know bloodletting and everything in no. this. But it is leaning more in that direction. So I would think that there is a chance that some kids would not be a good choice to bring to see this movie, especially if they're the type that their favorites of the MCU are more along the lines of, are they like Groot when he's a baby or baby Caroline would love this movie though. Well, most kids have their (laughs) issues and the same kind of thing. (laughs) But the, uh, like, I could see kids being like that. So maybe if you are still on the fence and you're listening to this spoiler-free section of this, if you have a kid that has a low tolerance for horror, for instance, if you've seen the trailer, I'm not going to spoil too much here, but uh, there's a zombie version of a character. And maybe the zombie stuff might scare a little kid. Use your discretion. Uh, if you are, of course, PG-13 age, just grow the fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh... You don't want to go to school and be like, oh, I didn't see Doctor Strange because I'm too scared. You know, I'm going to go and sleep in my parents' bedroom tonight. You know, grow up. You're a teenager. But the uh, the elements like that are something that I liked quite a bit. I liked the comedy parts of it. Mm-hmm. I thought that some of the jokes were funny. Uh, I liked how they balanced out a lot of the characters pretty well. Um, I don't think that any characters really felt like they were left on the sidelines when they needed to be like, they didn't just like screw Wong over in this movie and put him on a boat and send him away. You know, like they do with some other ones. Sometimes it's put him on a bus. That's one of those terms. No, no, but I thought that was really funny. Just like put him on a boat. (laughs) Yeah. It's like how they do with some of these movies where you just go, okay, they didn't have anything for this person. So they start the movie off with, I'm going to go and uh, go on vacation for a while or something. But they handle that well. I thought that this has a lot of good MCU callbacks and different things that are going to be a good portion of what I talk about in the spoiler section. But um, spoiler free, is there anything that you thought that they missed out on? I don't think so. I think that this was a really fun PG-13 movie and I enjoyed myself. I was laughing. I was cheering. Yeah. Good times. So the only misses I can bring up are on the more nitpicky side of things mm-hmm. with the spoilers. So And he's, he's uh, so excited to talk. About <laughs> well, so this is your warning. The rest of this, we are potentially going to spoil things about the movie. So if you are not wanting to know what characters pop up and which ones don't and different things like that, then pause this, watch the movie, come back and check it out later. Or at least run this in the background and have it muted. Because <laughs> then it helps with my watch time. But uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Warning, warning, warning. Okay. Too bad this is just audio and I can't do my spoiler dance for That's you. true. <laughs> but then you could have maybe done that the whole time. Then it would have been as soon as you stop, then that's spoilers. <laughs> maybe I'll do that for the next one. So again, spoiler warning. There we go. Okay. So my big miss of the movie. Bum, bum, bum. They should have had somebody manipulating Wanda. What? Because I like the idea that Wanda's the villain in this movie and that she lost her kids and that's her driving force. But I think they had a huge missed opportunity that they teased even where, and I am not at all a Doctor Strange buff. I've never read a single Doctor Strange comic 
including an online one that I could have gotten for free. I've never clicked on a single one of them and read all the way through. I've read bits and pieces. I've checked out like Wikipedia articles and everything. So a lot of characters would be like, somebody could be like, oh, you know, the, the seven Lords of hell or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, maybe I can name a couple, that kind of deal. But they say in the movie, dreams are a gateway to another universe. And leading into this movie, the going theory and what they had teased and everything, Scott Derrickson was planning on doing it before they started doing the multiverse stuff as much was nightmare was going to be the villain. Now nightmare from what I know about nightmare in the comics, he is somebody who draws power based off of people's fear and their nightmares. Cause that's Freddy Krueger, basically like Marvel's Freddy Krueger in some ways. And if they had the foresight to know that they were going to potentially do nightmare and they're going to do a multiverse thing and they're going to address that Stephen strange has nightmares that are actually portals into other dimensions. And he's seeing those. And Wanda is saying she wakes up every morning from a dream of having her kids. But when she wakes up, it's a nightmare. I was like, Oh my God, they're going to lean towards at the end of this, the person who was manipulating her and just giving her that nudge to jump off the cliff a little bit was nightmare. And that you could wait, you could do both things kind of where you can have it where she was easy to manipulate because she's so distraught over her kids. But how did she get the dark hold to begin with from WandaVision and everything? It's this dark magic type stuff and there's evil entities and there's evil demonic forces and all this stuff. They mentioned Cthon. I don't know if it's Chathon or Cthon. I think it's Cthon that he made the dark hold and that there's all these other demons. There's Shumagorath and the octopus kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure that the one at the beginning of the movie is Sidorak, which is like tied into juggernaut and all this. So I'm like, all right, they're, using these characters and kind of going, all right, that's a big, big villain. And that's a major, major villain, but we're just going to give them one quick action scene. So if anybody says, well, you couldn't do nightmare because it would have been too little of nightmare. And it would have been only at the end. Well, they did that with the other characters too. So it would have been fine. And I think if you would have just made it to where they're like, okay, nightmare is manipulating Wanda in a sense of giving her that little bit of that push of you can get your kids if you get this America Chavez and you have this, you know, that kind of thing, not knowing from Wanda's end that she's being manipulated and she can't trust this other voice in her head kind of thing. And then that way you've got a villain that you can destroy at the end of this because Wanda, she's not dead. She's, she has the building collapse on her and it's like the rubble falls in a way that it's like, okay, she could have just protected herself. But she's kind of irredeemable at this point to me because she's flat out just bad. And she didn't learn a goddamn lesson from WandaVision. After WandaVision, she manipulated all those people and she felt sorry for it and started looking for her kids and then did infinitely worse stuff in this movie. So they kind of screwed over the whole point of her having that realization at the end of WandaVision. Clearly, she just shouldn't give a shit if she's just bad now. So then we watch WandaVision for basically no reason. Whereas if Nightmare would have been the one that's like, 
hey, by the way, you could have your kids, that kind of thing. And then he's got some kind of ulterior motive of like, she's, you know, trying to get America Chavez and she's trying to get this power that he could then drain from her. He's basically manipulating the Scarlet Witch to doing what he doesn't have the power to do. I think that that would have been a better way of doing it. And then you would have gotten Nightmare in this and that would have been kind of cool too. Instead, it's just, Wanda's just a bitch and <laughs> fuck her. Like, I don't want her being on the Avengers team anymore at that point because she's evil. She's killed dozens upon dozens of people and uh, I mean, she's murdered an entire Illuminati in the whole thing and multiple universes at this point are irreparably damaged because she's kind of a bitch. Whereas if she would have gotten manipulated, I think there could have been a little bit of more leeway on that. That's my big, big problem with the movie. And I disagree with all my heart. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree 100,000%. I think that if you had somebody else manipulating her, I think that that just takes so much of what makes her interesting away. Like, completely completely deletes it in my head. I'd like that she's the one. I mean, you could argue that she's being manipulated by um, the dark energy coming from the book and using black magic. Which, it's... You know, there's this, like... We just recently watched Princess and the Frog, so I'll use that as an example. Like, you know, in the movie, like, with, like, voodoo, um, you can get something from the other world, but you have to offer something in return. And if you don't do well in your promise, like, you become their slave. And people say that black magic is kind of like that. You kind of, like, become its slave. Um... So I like that interpretation much better than if she were being manipulated by a conscious being. I think that she has a reason why she's doing what she's doing. She, I mean, WandaVision, and we can also say like when she's like, oh, when he comes to see her for the first time in the in, in that cottage uh, scene, and she's like, oh, you're here because of Eastville, right? And he's like, no, no, no. The, Westville. The, Westville. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, um, it's like, oh, what happened doesn't matter. It's like, that's kind of how we all feel about that TV show. Like, that's what happened? A- like, it doesn't matter. But like, I'm all not that- done. You talk too much. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me. Make- Sorry, I need to scratch my leg. Okay. Chaotic. Uh, <laughs> I need I need to finish my point. So, like, I, um... I like that it was just her. She's being driven by the fact that her whole little like dream life that she crafted got taken away from her. Like she lost her children who in this the the universe they are in the movie starts never really existed. And she doesn't have vision anymore. So yeah, she went mad. And I think that that's pretty valid. And I like Evil Wanda. I did not like Good Wanda at all. And Evil Wanda, I'm like, yeah, mm. you get it. Yeah, I love that. I don't, I'm not a huge Scarlet Witch fan to begin with, but I'm like, all right, now she did everything she needs to do. Now the character doesn't need to exist anymore. And that's fine. If she disappears, 
that's fine. She could just easily become like kind of like a recluse somewhere, and at some point in some movie, like they need help with something, and they maybe like ask for like advice from her, and she just says something like, "Don't do what I did." Whatever, that's fine. To me, her story's done. Yeah. I don't think she needs to like come back or anything. But I would have been mad if I found out that the, that wasn't really her. I wanted. I I I understood because I feel like, um. Not to make this super personal, but when I lost Bonnie, my puppy, I would have done anything to have her back. I would probably have done crazy shit like Wanda did if I had the power to. I feel like, you know, like, you, you, like, she's someone that, like, lost everything when she was so young. And now that she had a family that she kind of, like, made up and it was taken away from her, she went insane. Like, she broke down. And I think that that's pretty valid and that's one of the reasons why i really liked her as a villain because it, there is that humanity side to her that she's doing all this because she is broken i think my arguments mostly you can get the exact same thing but if there's just it happens to be that there's this demonic force that's edging her on like they there's no way that they can bring nightmare into the movies anymore. They've done this is the only time they could have done nightmare. And yeah, but don't you think that if they had done nightmare, people like me be like, "Oh, this is just like Freddy Krueger. This is lame." Well, I mean, not to make it like full on Freddy Krueger and have him popping up in people's nightmares and attacking them and stuff, but if it would have just been nightmare is the demonic entity that's doing that to her and then at the end Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch and America and Wong all defeat Nightmare. That then, would have feel so rushed. I don't think it would have been if you would have thrown out some references here and there of like that that's, you know, those forces kind of drain you and that like that kind of thing. There's ways to do it, but I think at this point I'm like, all right, well, you're never going to do Nightmare then. And... I don't know. I kind of kind of feel like, all right, did we already got through Dumar, uh, Dormammu. We aren't going to do Nightmare, probably. We're not going to do that. Uh, what the hell is the next movie going to be? Just the same thing again? Like, uh, you know, I feel like they missed an opportunity. So that's my my big gripe with it. The other things are just nitpicky, like full on nitpicky. But then again, there's nitpicky. What's the positive of nitpicky? Like the, you know, specifically little tiny thing is super good. Is there a word for that? I don't know about that. Because nit nitpicking is typically like a negative, but like what's like the oh here's a little thing and it's a super positive. I don't know if there's a term for that. Whatever it is, good nit nitpicking are a lot of things to talk about too. And one thing I would say is probably my absolute favorite part of this movie is just the way that they fucked around with the multiverse. Mm. Now, I had heard lots of theories and clicked on tons of different videos of like new rock stars and people that are, you know, breaking down trailers and trying to figure things out and speculating and, you know, having my own discussions with people about, you know, I'd like to see them do this, do that. I don't think it's fair to Marvel when they don't do extra things that you want them to do that they give you no indication whatsoever that they would. What do you mean? So I know some people are going to be upset and be like, Oh, why didn't they do the Tom Cruise is Iron Man cameo? Because originally 
Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man in a movie at some point, mm. like way before the Robert Downey Jr. stuff. And a theory going around for this one was one of the cameos, especially when they showed the Ultron bots, that was like, okay, that's if Age of Ultron would have went well, and Tony Stark created those and all that. Tony Stark's in the Illuminati, and a lot of people were like, oh, so we'll have Tony Stark in there, but since we can't get Robert Downey Jr., they'll get Tom Cruise. And it'll be like, oh, in another universe, the Tom Cruise movie did get made, and that character is out there, and he would be Superior Iron Man, I think is the name of it. That didn't happen in the movie, but I can't complain about that and say, well, that didn't happen and they should have whatever. Maybe they reached out to Tom Cruise and maybe he didn't want to fucking do it. And if that's the case, I would have been so confused if because I didn't know about this. And I'm like thinking I'm always thinking as like the person that enjoys these movies, but don't go doesn't go like full on like you do where you're doing your research and you're (laughs) reading things and you're watching a billion videos about like, oh, what this yellow table in the corner meant in this one scene like <laughs> i would have been like wait what and i feel like that would have like taken me out of it but i think if if anybody would have said you know oh wait what's going on and then somebody else like me would have just been like oh tom cruise was gonna be in an iron man movie like that kind of thing like they did do that with some of these things like i'm sure black bolt popping up in this i'm sure you're like what the fuck's that yeah now black agar boltagon one of those dumbest fucking names <laughs> That they've ever done on there. Black Bolts from the Inhumans. And they were going to make an Inhumans movie. And I don't remember who it was. But it was like somebody who was like the head of. uh, Maybe it was Ike Perlmutter or whatever. Somebody in Disney. Like they wanted to fuck around with it. And this was back when Disney had the whole thing of like. We're going to do some of the MCU stuff and TV shows, but that's not going to be directly controlled by Kevin Feige. That's going to be by Jeff Loeb, I think, was controlling it. And we're going to do some stuff here. We're going to do some stuff there. We're going to do the Runaway show. We're going to do this. Where it was like, ultimately, it ended up all being, yeah, none of that matters. The MCU and the Disney Plus movies are the only real ones. Not even like Luke Cage really counts anymore. But they wanted to do an Inhumans movie. And they had it announced, even. And then eventually it just became a show on ABC. And it was horrendous. Oh, I remember seeing posters for that around the city. Serenda Swan with her long red hair that is the defining character trait of the character. Is that she controls her hair. And the the first thing that they do in the first episode, they have her cut her hair. (laughs) So she's bald. So she... So they wouldn't have to animate her hair. Oh. So the, literally the character whose gimmick is I control my hair spends the entire <laughs> series with a shaved head. Oh no. And it's just, it's a trash show. It's absolute garbage. It's one of the worst things that they've ever been associated with, but that's because Kevin Feige didn't do it. <laughs> it was like one of the bad TV show things, but they brought Anson Mount back and he's black bolt in the show. So they were able to bring Black Bolt in and have him look more like Black Bolt and just kind of go, hey, you know that Inhumans thing? It kind of like didn't really happen, but whatever. But hey, you might go like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know that guy. And yeah, the show that sucked. And they bring the whole Captain Carter thing. So you get Peggy Carter back. Yes. and uh, I thought it was cute. The uh, little, I could do this all day. I could do this all day. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that that was adorable. She's got one of the best deaths. She does. Just getting literally split in half with yes. her own shield. So good. You know what? It's funny. 
ever, like since the first Captain America, that's all I thought about. I'm like, <laughs> I hope somebody gets like split in half with that <laughs> shield. And when it happened, I was like, oh, thank you. I'm sure at least in the background of like maybe end game when they're attacking all like the aliens, I'm sure something gets split in half and it's because it's an alien, like, you know. Yeah. Then, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't count. You yeah, know, it it's like uh, PG-13 kind of deal. I'm sure he uh, slices a lot of the Ultron bots in half, but a person. I thought you were going to say, I'm sure he slices a lot of ham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I really thought, and in my head, as I thought of that, I had a mental image So of he's him just like a deli slicer. A deli counter. With his shield, <laughs> that's what uh, that's what Cap did when he's got like to that older stage before Maybe. popping back in Endgame. He's just he's running a deli and he's like, <laughs> like that. but um, Captain Carter's like, oh, you know, Captain Carter's kind of cool. Like that's yeah. a thing from there. It's not the most important thing. If they wouldn't have had Captain Carter, I wouldn't have been like, oh, they must have an opportunity mm. here. But Cap's been a part of the Illuminati in the comics, and you know, you bring that in there and you don't bring him back, you bring her. Okay, that's a cool way to do it. I know one of the theories that people had was that uh Chris Evans would make a cameo in here as Johnny Storm because he was the human torch in the Fantastic Four movies. Mm. I know that some people thought that you'd get a lot more of those things and it would be like, okay, uh, Nicholas Cage is popping up as ghost rider yeah. and, uh, like pretty much any movie that had happened before or the possibility, like the Tom Cruise thing where they didn't film it, but it was like a maybe almost everything was on the table as far as we might do this. We might do that. So that's where I mean, like you can't complain that they didn't do the things that you specifically wanted them to do, especially not knowing they might've reached out to some of these people and they might've said, Hey, Chris Evans, do you want to be human torch in this and do like a quick cameo? And he could have said, well, isn't that just going to be confusing? I don't really want to do that. I'll come back if I'm capping something or, you know, but I really, really liked that. They did the little, uh, Christine Palmer, uh, says, you know, I've been studying or whatever under the Baxter foundation. And that was one of those moments where I kind of perked up and you were like, you know, what? yeah, I was and like, I was wait, like, what, what does that mean? Because I'm not a big fan. Yeah. So. And again, Fantastic Four is not one of the things that I'm super into either. Like, I could tell you tons and tons of stuff about Spider-Man. I could tell you a lot about X-Men, but I can't really run down too much specifically about Fantastic Four. I could talk about, like, Mole Man. Stupid. <laughs> but uh, I didn't never read Annihilation Wave, and that's, like, one of the biggest, most important things. Doctor Doom's fucking great, you know, like, whatever. Yeah, I know Doctor Doom. But Fantastic Four has been something I always thought was a little cheesy. And yeah. just not my favorite thing. But you've got John Krasinski. Is no. Reed Richards. He was so tan. And he, he has been, so for the longest time, people have been like, oh, he's going to be Reed Richards in something, right? And he's always just kind of like, guys, we didn't really talk about any of this. I know that like the entire internet wants that to happen. But like, no, we're not really talking about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it still could happen for like the movie that comes out. But he might have just scratched that itch and just did this one. You know, I mean, uh, Emily Blunt could have been potentially uh, Invisible Woman and mm. so on and so forth. But I thought that that was really cool because even if he doesn't end up being Reed, and they don't need to have him be Reed. I mean, he, plenty of other people could play the part. If he doesn't end up playing him on there, at least you got John Krasinski as Reed Richards in a multiverse type of thing. And 
And that's like that was a really cool way of doing it because yeah, Mister Fantastic's been a huge part of Illuminati type stuff in the comics, and they mentioned incursions, which was like the biggest. I don't know how many couple of years ago they did this big crossover thing with all the planets like smashing into each other from the multiverse, and it was like eventually they wiped the entire every universe clean, and Doctor Doom is god mm-hmm. and god king doom i think is what they call him <laughs> and he's just controlling he like hit all of his security force are all different multiverse versions of thor that's funny and they're all just like okay like get the security team on there and it's like oh it's thor from this one and that thor from that one and thor from that one and um so obviously we didn't get that necessarily but we got captain marvel and it's monica rambeau uh wait monica rambeau or is it i forget which one it's monica and which one's the other one Rambo, whatever, I don't know. Monica's the daughter, I think. Yeah. Uh, but um, we've got that version of Captain Marvel. And, yeah, not the coolest in the world, but it's kind of neat. She gets mm-hmm. a little bit of extra thing on there. She's obviously not really going to be a part of the next movie because she's dead. <laughs> so, you know, they killed the character off in the meantime with uh, the five years gone from the Tha- uh, Thanos snap. So you bring her in on this and she gets an action scene. She gets to get crushed by a statue um baron mordo i mean they kind of do a little bit of the mordo's going in the villain direction on here they, they didn't go full-blown on that because there's a bigger story to tell but easily the best part of the whole thing with the illuminati was the fact that professor Xavier yes. pops up and they've got him in the iconic yellow, yellow uh, wheelchair thing that was so cool they, i am so glad that they did that they went full blown with it too cuz they even had the little do 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 and that was when the person in the audience just goes best, best movie, movie. <laughs> which he's so perfect for he it is. and they obviously they can't just keep casting him over and over <laughs> and over for years cuz they are going to need to get like a younger professor x and kind of keep somebody for years and all that going forward. But Patrick Stewart has always been kind of the ideal Professor X. Yes. And to get him back and to have him do that, yeah, you could have technically had Wolverine in this and you could have had Hugh Jackman and you could have done whatever, but you got Professor Xavier. That was like, so cool. And, and and when he goes into her mind too. Like the astral plane I thing. I really like that. Yeah. I thought that that was just beautifully shot and it was it was just a great moment yeah so his part was like one of my absolute favorite parts of the movie Um, we agree on something (laughs) (laughs) i tell you one of my least favorite parts of the movie that i the joke that uh, the number one joke that i was like god they didn't do another take of this this is so bad the uh uh, i think it's mordo is like the illuminati will see you now and he goes the illuminati i'm like ah that's so dumb. The Alu- the Illuminati. Oh. Uh, like, first off, that joke is like that was lame twenty something years ago. <laughs> it's just an old timey way of telling a joke, and it's just, I don't think anybody laughed at that because no. it's just not I, it funny. It completely like went over yeah. my head. And then it's like you're Stephen Strange. You're not only incredibly fucking smart because you're a surgeon and brilliant in all these different kind of ways but you know multiverses and everything you've never heard the goddamn term illuminati yeah like come on there's people on tiktok that talk about the illuminati and how they're <laughs> all alien lizard people that are yeah. gonna and i don't know abduct you at walmart or something but like 
that was just one of those okay that's a lame ass joke i love that they're abducting people at walmart why not walmart's yeah. all over the place <laughs> maybe, that explains, maybe that explains the people of walmart <laughs> things they're all post abductions or something <laughs> But like that was a, a big negative for me. I was just like, damn, they couldn't have done it. That is joke. so tiny. I missed it completely, and you were upset about it. Because <laughs> it's a really bad nitpicky joke. Yeah, oh, it's just one of my negatives. But um, I completely like I. I don't even <laughs> think that they like register. I thought that he just said like the Illuminati. He's the Illuminati, and it's like, you know, what do you need? Somebody in the background going, ha, ha, yeah. like, uh, like that. They should have done another take of that. Even if he would just would have said the what, <laughs> then it would have been better, I think. But um, I saw a couple reviews that I tried not to click on any reviews that could have potentially spoiled things. But I saw a couple that were complaining that they didn't do enough multiverse stuff. And people were saying, like, why isn't Kang in this movie? Now, you didn't see Loki, but Kang the Conqueror is a big complicated thing with that. And why didn't they do more with, like, alternate versions of these other characters? Why didn't we have Bruce Campbell, for instance? He pops up and he's just a guy selling, like, hot dogs. Or, no, it was pizza bombs, I think is what they were. Yeah. And, for some reason, mustard to go with that. (laughs) But he was... He did a cameo in the three Spider-Man movies. And if they would have done the fourth movie, which would have been cut awful based off of the script that they had. <laughs> really? Uh, it was going to be Vulture and they were going to have Black Cat. But instead of Black Cat, she was going to be uh, the Vulture-ess. Oh, no. And it was going to be Vulture's daughter, which, of course, then that comes into the Spider-Man movie. They, they do Vulture and Vulture's daughter. And then it, uh, those even the Tom Holland Spider-Man ones are still messed up by Sony. But uh, Anne Hathaway was going to be the Vulture S. John Malkovich was going to be Vulture, which not bad casting or whatever. But um, Bruce Campbell would have been Mysterio in that for just a quick cameo. And I was like, oh, that would have been cool if they would have had him be Mysterio in this instead of a guy selling pizza. Mm. But, you know, they did get a funny joke out of it yeah. with a little part of, you know, that'll stop in three weeks <laughs> at the end so of the movie. Petty. It's, I love you know, it. Um, I liked Wong in the movie. I did too. I love Wong. Wong's been a funny character in his couple of appearances. So yeah. if you liked Wong before, he's the same in this. So you like him in this <laughs> one too. It's not like they completely revamp the character and forget how to write him. Uh, Dr. West that pops up for a split second, just saying like, hey, you know, I was gone for five years and my cats died and my brother died. And did you really need to do what you did for about Thanos and all that. I don't really care about them using the Dr. West character. It's a character I'd never really cared anything about, but like, I like that little inclusion to be calling in some of the questions that people have about, like, yeah. you really mean that there wasn't another way around this. You couldn't have done this another way or something. And I really liked how they had the Illuminati had done the whole big thing to stop Thanos in that universe. So it was like, even in another universe, Thanos is just like, that character tries to do this all over the place, and, you know, because Thanos is fucking great. So um, that was a really cool thing that I really liked. Uh, Christine is not my favorite character, but they, they avoided doing some stuff that could have made it worse. And then they did a couple things where I was just like, that was kind of dumb. 
I didn't really like the part where the like what are they, what were they the demons from hell or something they were coming out of uh, Steven and she like oh. grabs something and turns it into like a makeshift flamethrower and kills two of them and I'm like all right well then so they're kind of worthless yeah and then they immediately stop being worthless just because she's already proven herself by stopping so like. I feel like that was doctored in a way where they're like, well, we got to give Christine something to do here. She's got to kill something or fight something so she doesn't just be a damsel in distress kind of thing. But then again, it's like she's not really a damsel in distress. She's helping him in a different way. But they just – they felt the need to do that to be like, see, we're not doing the other thing. Mm, Yeah. But uh, the story about the love story behind that, that's good enough. You know, he starts the movie with the – the wedding mm-hmm. and he's not happy. And then by the end he gets a little bit of closure and all that. So he gets a lot. He decides to move on. Mm-hmm. I think that the, it was really cool what they did with the watch. Yeah. That I he fixes the, that. At yeah. The end. I like, that. like he's moving on. And I, I thought that that was like, it's one of those little, like maybe the opposite of nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That thing like is. a little detail because you keep seeing the shattered glass on the watch. And that represents him being stuck on the past and the fact that he puts the watch back to work and then he changes the glass. It's like, okay, time to move forward. And I thought that was really cool. Pretty convenient timing, too, that right after he decides to move forward, Charlize Theron pops up and she's like, hey, by the way, I'm your love interest in the comics. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, fuck. She looks good. Yeah. I mean, Charlize Theron. I'm more of a Rachel McAdams uh, if I got to pick between the two. What? Yeah, if I got to pick between Rachel McAdams and Charlie Theron. No way. <laughs> but Clea is a big, big part of the Doctor Strange comics. And uh, I at first I was like, I don't have any idea who this character is. The only person I could think of is that it would be Clea. But, I mean, I don't know. And then when we looked at the credits, I'm like, okay, it's oh, just yeah. Clea. So, <laughs> like, that makes sense. Because when the first Doctor Strange movie came out, I was thinking, all right, well, the main characters are going to be Doctor Strange Dormammu is going to be the villain. Clea is going to be the main female lead. They'll have the ancient one, who I'm surprised she didn't pop up in this movie, actually. I'm thinking about it. Uh, Tola Swinton didn't pop up at all. Yeah. Um, Did she die? Yeah, but I mean, she popped up in Infinity War. So, yeah. multiverse, they could have done something. I figured Mordo would be in the first movie. I figured Wong. And then when they ended up going with Christine Palmer, I was like, who the fuck's that? And then... Uh, <laughs> It turns out she's like night nurse and it's you know, some kind of thing or whatever where it's like yeah, another whole discussion for another thing. But um, now they're introducing her. So I'm assuming we probably won't get Christine and Doctor Strange 3 if they do that. We'll just get Clea. Yeah, but makes sense. If she does, maybe she pops up in like a quick cameo of just like, hey, Christine, how you doing? No, I'm doing good. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, <laughs> but uh, so what are you up to? Uh, I'm dating her now. Clea, you know, say hi. <laughs> Thank you. This is Christine. Christine, Clea. She's like, hey, I'm from another universe or something. But, um, or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where she's from. I think she's like. A no, I'm just laughing thing. at the fact yeah. that it would be amazing if that was <laughs> That's the dialogue. Why. I'm from another uh, universe, universe or something. Or something. <laughs> Some guy on YouTube uh, would pick you over me. So. <laughs> What do you think about America? So America is another character that I don't know jack shit about. Mm. I know the name. I know she wears a star outfit, like the jean jacket thing, and that she was some sort of magic-y type person. And I always thought, why does she name America? And with Miss America and Ms. Marvel and America Chavez, that always 
kind of make me go, wait, which one's which again? Because like, you know, it's like, okay, Ms. Marvel is not Ms. Marvel because Ms. Marvel is Captain Marvel, who's not Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel, but Quasar is Captain Marvel. It, this all gets fucking complicated as <laughs> all hell. So then the only way to really remember it is like, all right, Chavez <laughs> yeah. is like dimension hopping person. Mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel little girl <laughs> is uh i don't remember her name but this one that they're gonna do the tv show based off of and she's um she's like a muslim teenager and oh yeah you told thing. Me, yeah. and i guess she like stretches in the the main comics but they're gonna make her do something else i don't really know too much about it um and then i couldn't tell you at all who miss america is i think that the current miss america is like a, a black teenage girl or something but that's a character that, I mean, you know, you're getting deeper into these kind all of things. All the Americas. So, yeah, all the Americas except Cap. <laughs> and then uh, Captain Carter. And she could Captain Britain. Yeah. And then there's Captain Britain. So even that, yeah. you just go all over the place. But uh, I liked her. I thought that I really she, liked her. she wasn't in the little kid I got to protect and it's annoying kind of way that they do in a lot of movies. She wasn't also too much into the, I'm not the little kid that you need to protect yeah. and I'm going to be all like, me, 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 you know. She was in need of protection, but she held her own for different parts here and there. And ultimately, if she's going to be a part of this like young Avengers type thing going forward, cool. Yeah. You, know, you put her with um, the new Hawkeye and I'm surprised that the kids didn't turn out to be real at the end because I know that those are two that are usually in the young Avengers so they didn't, like, make real versions of the kids come back to life or something. Hmm. Again, maybe that would have happened if they would have had Nightmare and she would have been good at the oh end. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this what? is the man that, like, five minutes ago, she's like, well, you know, you can't be complaining about the characters that didn't show up because and then he does that. Like, the epitome of Tony Mango. I love you, though. About being right about Nightmare oh. and the rest. Are, yeah. <laughs> No, but but going back, yeah, going back to her, like I, I really liked her character. I thought that she was, like, from the moment we met her, the fact that she has that exchange with Doctor Strange, where she realizes that he's gonna kill her, mm-hmm. and she's like, "But we're friends." Like, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, I'm into her, and then getting to know her a little bit more throughout the movie, I was like, "Oh, you know, like I like her. Like, she's she's smart, she's spunky, but she's not like." obnoxious I'm, I'm a badass girl and i can do it by myself everything whatever i like that she has um agency she has say. agency and she also no but i was gonna say she has like she's vulnerable in a way that i thought was really compelling like the fact that you know she doesn't sleep like she doesn't dream when she sleeps and she's like the only one and like everywhere like She's so alone and she doesn't understand her powers and she's scared of using her powers. And I thought that that was like very reminiscent to how I used to feel about some of the X-Men characters, Hmm. which are like, oh, you know, like they're the outcasts. They're like mistreated and and they're kind of like on their own until they come and, and get like protected by they find uh, their new family in the yeah school and- yeah so like I, I thought that that was really cool and i absolutely loved it at the end she's uh training and 
Tower Taj, and yeah, she's like yeah. doing the sling ring, and, and I, like, I made oh, some sparks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that line. I'm like, I made some sparks. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> so, like, I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved it, uh, how they did her um, outfit in the movie, too. Because, I mean, I the way you described it, that she wears like a starry outfit, I'm sure that is. Um, very comic booky. <laughs> well, no, it's basically that. Oh, in really? Some ways. Like that's where I was like, I could recognize the character. Oh. So like, she's got like a denim jacket and just kind of you know. Like uh, I, I could totally see like a store like H and M putting out a jacket just like that and have it for the Fourth of July. Like it's really cool. This is probably one of those things. Oh, that- and I also love that she speaks Spanish in the movie. <laughs> I know that that's like. Very, like, small, and a lot of people don't think about it, but thinking about, like, younger girls that are bilingual, having that, like, that, that's a really cool moment. Maybe in Miss America is actually what they've been calling America Chavez and some of those things. Maybe that's why I was like, I can't remember which one's which or something. (laughs) Maybe that's, yeah, maybe she's Miss America. Like with those, and that the other version of Miss America used to be someone else. Because there's, I'm looking at another Madeline Joyce hmm. used to be a Miss America. Madeline they, Joyce. That's that's. When was this written? Fifties. Uh, this is forties. Uh, okay, so. that's a very like nineteen forties name. I, mean, I said fifties, but pretty yeah, close. Look at the way that the character used yeah. to be, even like that's just the same face that they used to use for like Wonder Woman and all these other kind of things. Um. So this can is a better I, version of that, yeah. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Um, Amer- um, America has a really, really has really good advice when they're hopping uh, to <laughs> different um, different universes. Universes is like always find food first, and you cannot go wrong with pizza. Yeah. And I feel like that is so true because when you're traveling a lot <laughs> and you don't know the food in the area, like you don't know, like. I always find pizza. Like, that's always, like, a solid choice. I thought that, that was really cool. <laughs> Even bad pizza tends to be at yeah. least, like, well, at least it's pizza. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, Papa John's. But, like, uh, <laughs> they're never going to sponsor any of my shit. And I make fun of them hard to uh, find stuff to eat in the paint universe. <laughs> yeah, that it's hard to eat there. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, I guess, you're two days out of eat. I really think that this is a movie that needs to be rewatched a bunch of times, but also, this is exactly the type of movie that I am going to have multiple videos that I'll watch of people going, look, I watched the <laughs> whole thing. Like, check out the Canadian lad if anybody's interested in that guy. Uh, he watches these movies and TV shows in uh, 0.25 speed. So he always finds tons of extra details about different things. And he'll be like, you know, this is the same street sign that they used in whatever. And this part says that. And it's a little wink and nod to this or whatever. So I'm sure that there's tons of trivia on here about, I was like, when they were falling through the the multiverse, I'm trying to clock as much mm-hmm. as I could. And I'm like, all right, there's a dinosaur and there's yeah. this, and there's that, there's that. That 10 seconds alone probably has like 30 cameo things. And I loved the music when with wherever they were, it kind of changed a bit. See, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I love that. So that's another thing that I'd like, I'll go back and I'll rewatch different parts of this movie and really get into uh i know that sam raimi always has this one car cameo in all of his movies and it's like i guess the main car that's in like evil dead and Mm -hmm. uh that's the car that like they have for 
uh, Peter Parker and everything. Like, so I'm sure somewhere in this movie that car pops up, and somebody will either be like, "Dad, did you see that the car that falls at the beginning fight is that car or something?" Or you know, like that yeah, kind of thing. probably on Mercer Street, which was like my nitpicking as a New Yorker. I'm like. That does not look like Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> Probably filmed in like Vancouver. Yeah. Somewhere in Australia or yeah. some budget cut thing. <laughs> um, as far as the visuals go, um, we talked about some of those things. But yeah, there's more of like the rated R type stuff, but not rated R too much. But we get zombie Doctor Strange. Yes! Which was really cool that they did the whole thing of he doesn't have to be dead in the universe yeah. or whatever and brought him back like that. And that got you more uh, I was marking out so, than almost anything. I was so excited. I was so, so, so excited for that part. I mean, like, there were so many horror moments that I was like, I love when um, Wanda uses the reflections. Oh, yeah. And then she comes out, like, all, like, distorted and this joy. I was like, that's a horror movie moment. I love, like... Oh, the eye poking in this movie <laughs> and like the eyes and like that's very horror movies uh, the reflection idea itself like you know there's even like a kind of like a cliche in so many horror movies where a character goes in the bathroom and something's weird they open the the medicine cabinet and as soon as they close it there's something behind them right. or um there's always they pass like by a mirror, and then the mirror version sticks around even when they walk by it or something like. Right, and and water too, like that iconic um, shot and uh, in, in Nightmare on Elm Street where she's like taking a bath, and Freddy Krueger's hand just comes out of the water, like in between her legs. Like reflections are a big thing in horror movies, and I, I really love that. Um, loved all the deaths. Um, I love gore. Thought that they were like so so cool, but Zombie Doctor Strange <laughs> with his cape of um, damned souls yeah. got my nipples hard. <laughs> Straight up, both of them immediately. Like it was so cool. <laughs> it was so 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 cool. And Amazing, and, and 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 just just to wrap out, I promise. Um, the mix of practical effects with um, 3D effects for that portion where he's a zombie were beautiful too. Which is like, you know, again, um, Evil Dead, like wink, wink moments of, um, you know, like the the zombie talking coherently, like a human. Yeah, and with like, the mouth all messed up and yeah, <laughs> amazing, and and you know, like giving a wink, like. I loved it. Mm. And I was freaking out in the movie theater. Nobody said anything. I'm like, really? Just me? <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the type of stuff where I was saying earlier, if they would have gone more into that in the first movie, I think that that would have helped me rank that higher. Because yeah. I'm like, what I do know of Doctor Strange is like, they probably had so many different drugs that they took when they were doing those comics back in the day. Steve Ditko was probably just like. Which also, if you're going to take a hit or something before you go watch this movie, just like. You know, be mindful. Like <laughs> <There's trippy laughs> you, so. you might freak out a little bit. Just like, <laughs> be mindful. But like, uh, I was a big fan of that. And something that like I criticize about magic in general. I've never been a big fan of magic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like 
the Harry Potter stories are good, but my least favorite part about the Harry Potter stories is the magic, which people are like, what the fuck? Then why do you watch it? It's like, no, the story is good. See, the magic. I don't like Harry Potter. I like it doesn't speak to me. Like the coming of age story is what I like about it. Rather than yeah, when they get into at the beginning. <laughs> like the beginning of every Harry Potter story is, okay, we're going to get into Hogwarts this time by doing this method. And then it's like, okay, you just wanted to geek out over different ways you could figure out how to transport. So it's like, it's a flying car. And then this time we go through a fireplace. And then this time we whatever. And I'm like, so why the fuck didn't they just do this all the last time then? Like, <laughs> you know, I that's the thing about magic that I really hate is if you don't make the rules like firm enough and you consistently break them. Then anything can happen, and then I have no investment. Yeah. So when they do, well, that's actually that's half of what I don't like about magic. The other half is I'm not a fan of any kind of like fantasy elements, mostly of a lot of how stories are written with like magic and and everything. Like I don't like elves. I don't like dwarves. I don't like the whole. This one's a wizard, and his staff is you know this magically enchanted so and so, and he casts this spell. Like, Zatanna's not my favorite character from DC. I'm like, yeah, she's kind of neat, but the fact that she just says, pots, and that's supposed to get you to stop because it's stop backwards, and I'm like, that's kind of dumb. You know, so when people get into the whole, like, okay, he's going to do this spell, and then that spell, and then that spell, that's when I'm like, okay, but then why doesn't he just do the spell that just fixes everything? Because there's limits to what Iron Man can do, where he, he can punch you, and he can shoot you, but he can't just conjure something up. And when I look at like Scarlet Witch and she's able to get Black Bolt to not have a mouth. So that way, when he speaks, he just explodes his own head. I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. That was really cool. So then why does she spend two minutes fighting with Captain Carter, who's just a woman with a shield? Why didn't she just turn her into a like a block of ice or something and just be like, yeah, if I can imagine anything and do it. This should be a two-second-long story. I just imagine that America pops up next to me, and then I take her power at the end. So I always think that about magic stuff, where I'm like, all right, you lost me on the the rule works for this thing, but not that thing, and we're just going to ignore that for this. And why didn't Doctor Strange use the Time Stone to stop Thanos before Thanos could do anything? Like, he could have very easily, when they were having that fight in Infinity War, just been like, yeah, I'm going to go back in time. Three minutes. And pop up and kill him. You know? like Yeah. Uh, I could just freeze time, because Thanos has the power stone. Okay, he can shoot a big power blast. But can he shoot that through time? I don't think so. And then, so when you incorporate those elements, that usually stops me from digging some of that. But I was willing to just shut my brain off for some of this and be like, all right, cool, he's got... These damned souls are a cape now. All right, that sounds kind of neat. That you was know. so cool. That was so, so cool. So if they would have done a little bit more of that stuff and just been like, it's all too trippy and you don't understand it, then from the start, I would have been like, ah, okay, the first movie's a little bit better off that way. But um, I like that a lot. And the part that made me go, okay, they're having fun with this, other than the cape full of demon things, was the music notes. Yeah, I love that scene too. And just getting Toccata and Fugue and just, you know, uh, some I'm sure Beethoven's. Diddy Elfman also had like he probably such had, a yeah. good time. 
for them to just be, you know, like, da-da-da-da, and, like, kind of yeah. throw a little Beethoven in there, and, like, that was kind of, like, that's what I wanted to see out of Doctor Strange mm-hmm. stuff. Because I know, from what I know, a little bit of the comics, they just do, like, trippy, weird shit. And also, it's so on brand, because, like, you have Doctor Strange going against Doctor Strange, and they're such snobs. That they would be classical classy music. and smart they are. <laughs> That they would do some shit like that. <laughs> and just be like, this is classical music and whatever. And like, he's got, yeah. got it next to his piano because he was playing that. He's not going to play And the visuals were really Journey cool. or something. Yeah. No, like, like I, I thought that was really brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah there's such snobby, like, douchebags and they would do that. Yeah. So I, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie was the little music notes. And then I really like it, too. The one little tiny music note from the yeah. harp is the one that, like, <laughs> saves the day, kind of. So, I mean, visuals... Big thumbs up. Music. I didn't pay too much attention to the score. I did. But Danny Elfman's usually doing a pretty great. damn good job. So Yeah. Um, I at least didn't notice anything that I didn't like. But I'll have to go back and listen to that. Um, action and stuff, good. Comedy, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, this was, this was fun. Mm-hmm. This was fun and just, yeah, like two thumbs up. Toes up. <laughs> toes up as well. Yes. Monkey for, toes up. For thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, I don't know where I'm going to rank it. Um, I'm probably going to, I mean, I know I'm going to rank it lower than some that I can think of off the top of my head. Like I, I enjoy Civil War, for instance, more than I did this. Uh, but maybe around like that higher mid range. Um I don't know, I'd have to look at my list. Uh, it's, I don't have it up immediately. But the general range, maybe around like number 12, 13 or so. And then again, that doesn't criticize it as if a sense of being like, oh, you know, there's 12 movies that are ahead of this or something. It's just because there's a shit ton of movies. So yeah, of course some of them are great. Like, I'd probably lean a little bit around the Shang-Chi range, that B minus C plus tier. Yeah. I think i'd go around there so maybe around 14 15 i don't know we'll figure it out yeah, yeah it, i have my uh we'll disagree because <laughs> yeah uh this is high up for me for obvious reasons like i i can't emphasize enough like you know if you have someone in your life maybe you have a really good friend that's really into horror movies and you're into superhero movies like this is definitely a fun movie for you both to go and watch together um it's fun and the effects are really good. The deaths are really good and brutal. I love it. It was so good. And yeah. and then you, you can fantasize about um, Captain America slicing some ham. <laughs> you can imagine a multiverse where that happens. You're uh, welcome for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I think we kind of ran through everything, right? I can just say one more thing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. And I love you all for listening to this and leaving your comments. I'm guilt tripping you into doing that. If you didn't leave a comment and you want to make sure that I still love you, then there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you agree or you disagree, same deal. Leave a comment. Tell us what you thought. What were your hits? What were your misses? What nitpicky stuff do you got in mind? Do you want them to go straight into just John Krasinski as Reed Richards going forward? Or are you up for, okay, well, he checked it off and let's get a new one or let's do this. What cameos are you disappointed that they didn't have? Which ones 
are you excited that they did it? Like, I did not picture that they would put Black Bolt in this at all. I was like, he's a big member of the Illuminati, but who fucking cares? Uh, you know, they ruined it within humans. No Namor in this. So that's interesting that they're saving him for Black Panther, which I, God knows how they're going to do that movie. But um, yeah, he's normally a member of the Illuminati. The Lumiwadi. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, we will roll things along. We uh, we didn't talk about, like, Moon Knight. We didn't do anything based off of that. But Moon Knight's a fun story. Not my favorite. but um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it was a fun ride for a couple episodes and everything. So maybe we get more Doctor Strange, Blade, Ghost Rider, Moon yes, Knight. Please, that's like, what I need. We need to get some kind of Midnight Suns movie because... They have the option. Do that Dark Avengers horror kind of movie and play around with that. Yes. And if they get somebody like a Sam Raimi, then they know where they're getting with this one. They're going to get something good. So, yes. Thumbs up. Good movie. And uh, the next one that's coming out. When the hell is the next one coming out, actually? I don't know what's next. It's, uh, I mean, they've switched the timeline around a little bit. I think it's Thor. Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, most likely. So... That's cool. That looks good. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other stuff along the way. And uh, if you want to request anything, yeah, pick your poison tier. But if you do, just leave a comment and tell us your thoughts on what you want us to do. Maybe we'll get around to that when we get a chance. But that's at least it for this review point. Again, thank you for listening to this. And we will see you next time. But for now, it's time for us to geek out. Geek out.